Uh, does anyone have an idea for music? I didn't ask for this last time. I forgot. Okay. I have a stupid idea for music. <laughs> what is your stupid idea? Okay, have you ever seen the original Lacrosse? Yeah, uh, no. I've only watched You Remember Love. Well, that, that still works. There's that song where um, my boyfriend's a pilot, and it starts with Q, 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 Q. I do not remember this. J- just Google um, my boyfriend as a pilot later if you want to look it up. But yeah, that was my stupid idea. Welcome back to Mongering Your Ears. My name's Corey. Hello and April are with me. Hello. Hi. The next song you just heard is from Hamilton. We have been arguing for like the past five minutes about what song to put in. Let's argue racking our brains for any song we do about play to cleaning. True. Collaborative picking. <laughs> we talk about the Mr. Clean song and uh, whatever this other thing that you sang, Helen. Stanley Steamer song. <laughs> <laughs> we went with Hamilton. But anyway, as you may have uh, recognized, we are not talking about, uh, what was the other thing? Paradise Kiss and Princess Jellyfish this time. Helen thought she would be consumed with work. She ended up not being. Well, she ended up being, but finishing it earlier. I finished my take on exam for like 24 hours to spare, guys. I think, anyway. Hooray. I'm proud of myself. Uh, what we're going to do is record a podcast without Helen on QQ Sweeper and Queen's Quality. But now that we are not prepared for what we're going, what we are going to do, we are now just going to talk about QQ Sweeper and Queen's Quality. Uh, I, mean, I kind of crashed the podcast I'm already on. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> You're always welcome to crash the podcast. Uh, I had no inkling of what QQ Sweeper was going to be when I um, when I signed up to review it. But it turned out to be pretty good. It's about this uh, this girl who had no memories before she was like five or seven or so, and she's been constantly bullied and uh, called a cursed child, not to be confused with the Harry Potter cursed child. And she ends up uh, living with this group of cleaners who are known as sweepers, and they go into people's minds and destroy the evil bugs that are making them think bad thoughts and stuff. That's the gist of it. But how and they guys... also do clean in real life. Like, they are oh, very fastidious yes. in real life. Yes. Uh, it's like uh, that dude from Toriyora, if you've ever watched that. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, but how did you guys come across this one? Yeah. Uh, I just heard of it since it doesn't do many shoujo mangas I'm interested in, so that's just how I found it. Um, I was a, a big, big fan of her other series Dengeki Daisy so when I heard this was coming out I just picked it up uh, based on uh, based on how much I like Dengeki and I actually uh, didn't uh, realize about Queen's Quality until recently but I definitely picked up QQ based just on her other series oh yeah I read a little bit of Dengeki Daisy as well but I think I like this one a little better no age gap romances mm, no not that's <laughs> um no, I've not I've not read Dengeki Daisy or Beastmaster. I'm not I'm not like familiar with them at all. Um, yeah, I 
I know I've definitely made jokes that shonen manga seems to be getting weirder and weirder these days. Like people are having to come up with crazier and crazier concepts for their plots. And I think the same is true for shoujo as well, considering we have a romantic shoujo manga, which is mostly centered around sort of kind of exorcisms and also literally cleaning, like lots of literally cleaning. Like this one's a little bit of a weird premise. Even in Dengeki Daisy, the main guy whose name completely escapes me now because I haven't looked at it in years, he was a janitor, so maybe she just has a particular thing about the guy being in some sort of cleaning profession because he was definitely a <laughs> janitor in that other series, and he doesn't look that much different than uh, the main character in this series, except he, the other guy has blonde hair. So, <laughs> well, yeah, same face is a different player. problem, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so these first three volumes, uh, Queen's Quality is like a sequel series, um, but still a continuation. It seems to be, well, we'll get into that later, but the first three volumes are relatively episodic. Like, one volume basically deals with uh, some large part of Fumi's life, as well as cleaning up someone else's life. Like, in the first volume, it was this baseball player. In the second volume... It was... I already forget. It was the hot dude, right? The hot dude. The hot, the hot dude. The one who cornered her, like, in the shed at school. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was a surprisingly... If I'm thinking of the right guy, that was a surprisingly violent confrontation when he... Is that the guy that, like, grabs her around the neck? I'm like, whoa, this yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's a little... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the third volume is mostly dealing with her friend, I think. Yeah, her mm-hmm. friend that is, like, being manipulated by that uh, fortune teller, but actually is a bug controller. Mm-hmm. Because the opposite of being clean is bugs. This is a fact. Yes. It seems like, having read part of Queen's quality, that Kiku almost feels completely like a prequel to me. Um, at least in the, the third volume, when Kiku actually ends, it doesn't... To me, it doesn't really feel like an ending. Like, if that's all that we got, um, I would be a little disappointed. So, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if I can like recommend these three volumes just as a standalone. I don't I know if it was intended to be three volumes. Really, I don't know if it was some sort of magazine switcheroo or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to look into it either. But I think. If we recommend the series to anyone, it's the, okay, you read three volumes of it under this title, and then you read the rest of it under this other title. Mm, Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the third volume's ending seems to be, like, an alright ending for uh, that arc. Yeah, as an arc, but not as, like, a whole series. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it does, there does seem to be, like, this huge tonal shift between the two volumes. Uh, this didn't even change magazines. It just, like, changed titles. Yeah, that was the confusing part, because I looked it up to see if maybe it switched magazines, and it didn't. So, and she, and the author mentions at the end that it was uncontrollable manga stuff. So I don't, I don't know what it was. I would think, you know, if it had been a magazine switch, that's one thing, but I don't know. Yeah, I keep wondering if the QQ and QQ sweeper is supposed to be a reference to Queen's quality, except we've yeah. got the main character in there, the guy who's called Q sometimes so it's like mm. is it referenced to him like you know it's um you know a series is not run long enough when you haven't even figured out the reason for the title yet <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> uh, 
called Bleach Lane it ran <laughs> for a long time, and no one knows why it's called Bleach. Well, you don't think the manga for Bleach even knew what he was doing at the end? Like, since he said in interviews when he ran to, like, storytelling woes, he just had more characters. So I don't think Bleach is the best comparison here, even if they are both cleaning products. Uh, yeah, so in the back of the third volume... She says, I don't really understand the reason for this unusual change from QQ Sweeper to Queen's Quality, so I can't explain it. But I can't, but I can tell you that it was unusual and a big opportunity for me, so I couldn't turn it down. So that I just makes it even more confusing. Yeah. I don't know. Big for her? I don't know. If anybody has any ideas, please send us a message on Twitter, because we'd all really like to know right now. Yep. They have this sort of Japanese interview out there or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably somewhere. Like, it's in Japanese. It is. Do you guys know, by any chance, since you do publish this? <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, one thing I did like about QQ Sweeper is that the romance between Fumi and Kutaro actually seems to get rolling pretty fast. Like, Kutaro is a bit brooding and, as he recognizes himself, really, really antisocial. But the two of them form a fairly cute relationship pretty quickly. Yeah, I really like the interplay yeah. between those two. Um, I didn't think anything was really forced, and given that it's only three volumes, that could get going pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it was. It was they're a pretty cute couple, and as and even in the latter series, they still keep that same dynamic. I think that's something that uh, definitely carried over from Dengeki because I sort of feel like that that couple almost has a similar dynamic. So I definitely think. That's something that she's good at without making it feel like it's completely forced. So, Yeah, I'll say that there are a couple things that come up in Queen's Quality which make me a little grouchy at the author regarding this romance, but we'll talk about that in the second part of the podcast. I do mm-hmm. like how quickly they've gotten together as, well, they're not a boyfriend-girlfriend on screen, but they're definitely close. They're confiding in each other. They're watching each other's backs. It's good. Yeah, they act. They're... Uh roles in the manga itself is like of partners so it's, it makes sense that they're sharing these kind of things if they're like a police partner or some sort of close relationship like that but it's moving toward uh you know relationship yeah it it it, it doesn't sort of overtake the series although it's to, to me and maybe it's just that way with um uh, jojo as a reader it seems to it seems obvious to me that he likes her so when she starts to agonize over the fact that, like, oh, I can't, I can't like him. There's no way that he likes me. I'm like, no, it's fairly obvious. What do you do? And, like, <laughs> I just feel like we need to have a conversation, but then it wouldn't be a shoujo romance. So it's driving me nuts. <laughs> and Fumi, you even want to marry a rich guy. He's rich. Although Fumi's main hangup is that she knows that Kutaro really liked this girl, Fuyu. When he was younger and still has like this, oh, I wonder what happened to her. I really miss her crush. And she says that like one of her tenets for finding a rich husband is not to interfere in other people's romances. So ah, uh, okay, okay, I I had forgotten that part actually. It's a good tenet. It was in the first volume with the baseball <laughs> person because he was also mm-hmm. rich, but then he had a next door neighbor slash childhood friend. And of course, it looks like Fumi is probably actually Fuyu, especially since she doesn't remember. <laughs> And Kutaro <laughs> is like, I'm pretty sure this is what's going on, so... Yep. Whatever she went through in between those is what caused her to become this candidate for queen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sort of uh, sympathize with him. Not that I've been in this particular situation, <laughs> but I imagine it's got to be hard that like, he can't 
tell her who she is or what she was to him. But maybe, so maybe I can't say that I sympathize. I haven't had somebody tell me that I can't tell another person who they originally were, but it's still, it's still gotta be really difficult for him to be around her um, as much as he is. And then for them to be partners in the sweeping part of it, and yet he can't really tell her who she is when she agonizes over that already herself. So you can't, can't help but kind of feel for him a little bit. You'd be living a very shoju life if you had that problem, I got to say. <laughs> and I think I talked about this in the last podcast with Fiona, where um, I prefer shoujo, which are kind of like action, adventure, fancy first and then romance. But I would say that this story, I think, is definitely like a romance first shoujo. And there's some supernatural running around in people's heads going on, which is why I'm more OK with the romance. It's not like they tried to slip in the romance where I wouldn't notice it. I just went into this and I was like, there's a guy and a girl on the cover. They're going to smooch at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, it's going to happen. I can tell. I almost felt like it felt more actiony in the first volume. And then as it got into the second and third, I'm like, mm, they're going to get together at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the third volume is them straight up staring at each other about to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And yet they don't. Mm, not yet. Although there's that, maybe it's in Queen's Quality. I might be jumping ahead a little bit. There's that weird scene where she gets like a something on her eyelash, and instead of just like telling her to wipe her eyelash, she has to like come very close to her face and blow it off. <laughs> it's really unnecessary. You really didn't have to do that. <laughs> oh, and I gotta ask. When I was reading this, I'd been really busy with school and stuff, so I had not been able to do a lot of cleaning in a couple of weeks at that point. How ashamed did you guys feel about your, the cleanliness of your living spaces while reading this series? Because for me, it was a lot. <laughs> I definitely thought about it. And there were like very particular things like fold the rag this way, then flip it this way. I'm like, ooh, wow. OK, these these manga characters clean better than I ever will or ever want to. <laughs> so. yeah. uh, yes, I constantly feel bad about how I dust and and like shine or whatever things. I almost never do that. Like I'll wipe down my stove and stuff after I cook, but I don't really give it a deep clean ever. I at least keep organized. That's good. That's good. Although I did have to wonder, like all these characters, they spend so much time on cleaning. It seems like every single day, and it's just like y'all don't have any other hobbies, do you? Like this is all you <laughs> yeah. do because everyone's getting up at like five in the morning to like start cleaning parts of the house. But I mean, how can, how dirty can it be if they just clean up after each other every day? Like, I, <laughs> do they get paid? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> well, we know that Kutaro's family is rich and he's living with uh -uh. his uncle and, um, I think uncle and then another family member and then Fumi's moved in with them. So yeah. I don't know, maybe they just live off of inheritance or something. I don't know how the 1% lives. <laughs> <Inheritances>. <laughs> Uh, I assume, yeah, it's like they get paid as part of being sweepers, too, because, like, the whole clan thing, and there's got to be some organization that's raking in the go and doling out to other people. That's true, yeah, since, oh, yeah, um, Kutaro's uncle is the, like, chairman of the school that they go to, I forgot. So, obviously, he's getting salary for that, and it does seem like they are running some sort of business that people know about, since people are not yeah. confused. When Fumi and Kutaro show up at someone's place and are like, hey, we're here to clean out your room and clean your mind with it, you know, so <laughs> clearly they have, like, some PR at least going on there. Yeah. Yeah. 
that is kind of weird. It's like they people accept that they're just here to clean their room, and which is going to help with their mental state. No one ever questions them about this. Is it like a known thing that these bugs exist? I mean, like even here in the U.S., we say things like cleanliness is next to godliness. And there's yeah, um, there's that book and manga from Japan that came out recently, like the life changing magic of tidying up. I think. Mm-hmm. Mari Kondo book. I think so. Yeah, I think Justin it talked is, about okay. it recently. But yeah, so I don't know. Maybe people just accept this. I don't know. If if what, but then you also think that people would be less freaked out, or maybe not, when they when they do have the bugs. Like, oh hey, I've just got to call this number real quick. I've got one of the bugs. Um, but people seem really panicked about it. Although although the stories that we see in the series are usually pretty drastic. It's not just like one random negative bug. It's like a lot, and it will kill me. So I guess I could understand why. I mean, when I lived in North Carolina for years, we had, like, palmetto bugs all the flipping time. And you still freaked out when you saw them a little bit. It's like, oh my god, it's there, and it's big. I like zero bugs. You like zero bugs, or you live with zero bugs? I like zero bugs. Yeah, we all like zero <laughs> bugs. A bunch of cockroaches in D.C. when we're walking around. Oh. Ew. <laughs> Where are you guys walking? <laughs> Like down twelfth or whatever that street was, twelfth and N to get to the back to the Airbnb. I don't know what part of DC y'all were in. It's like two blocks from the convention center. We were all up there, and I don't remember any cockroaches, man. That was all. Yeah, no. <laughs> Dana will attest there was a bunch of cockroaches. <laughs> but no, I think I think the. The concept itself is really interesting, at least how they go in and clean those negative thoughts. I thought those were portrayed like really well, sort of those overwhelming, um, overwhelming negative automatic dark thoughts that you can have, uh, the self-doubt and stuff. I thought just that the concept itself of there being people to clean those away, I thought that was kind of interesting, if not random, like Ellen said earlier. Yeah, my one thing about those dark thoughts is that it sounded a little bit to me like mental illness. And I was just like, I'm not sure how I feel about this with people saying that, like, oh, these symptoms that are kind of like mental illness. You're just being infested with bugs. It's like, I'm like, I'm not that's, quite sure how I feel about this. I'm just going to assume the manga doesn't know what they're alluding to by accident at all. Yeah. Well, there's also that that weird, like, hypnosis scene. I think they... They hypnotize the one guy so they can, like, get into his subconscious. I'm like, this has to violate so many, like, ethical rules <laughs> because he can't consent to that. So <laughs> I, I couldn't stop thinking about that for that particular thing. Like, oh, this just can't be ethical at all. But hey, it's a manga. He totally signed a waiver off screen. We just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see the waiver. <laughs> well, yeah, when Kyutaro and uh, Fumi are in the other room, so... They didn't see them sign the waiver. It was uh, the other people that were taking care of that. Are you saying that Kyutaro and Fumi have plausible deniability when they're jumping into other people's minds? Yes. Well, uh, any any last thoughts on QQ Sweeper before we take a break? I have thoughts, but they're all related to Queen's quality. Yeah, it's cute. I mean, it's cute. I like it. Um, if you're a fan of Dengeki, I think it's worth picking up. I was a little worried it wouldn't really work for me. Um, but it's cute. I mean, pick it up. It's three volumes, and then there's some more that we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I like the hopeful stories of these volumes. I, it is like, it is kind of weird, like Pellet said, but it, it is somewhat hopeful that you can actually crawl out of whatever hole you've put yourself in. But anyway, 
Let's take a short break, and then we'll be back to talk about the sequel, Queen's Quality. talk about the direct sequel to QQ Sweeper, Queen's Quality. So the third volume of Queen of QQ Sweeper seems to be going as normal. Fumi and Kyutaro, they're um, helping to clean uh, one of Fumi's friends who's been infected by this weird dude who did some no- hypnosis on her at a karaoke club. And, um, and but um, uh, Kyutaro's family is figuring out pretty quickly, wait, no, we think he's actually a bug handler. There are these people who are opposed to us because they make bugs. And this bug handler has an idea who Fumi is, and he's like, you're a queen, actually, you can control people, which Fumi promptly does to save her friend's life. And then the story ends, and it's like, that was a non-ending, guys. What are you doing? So thankfully, Queen's Quality exists, at which point we go back to basically... The status quo with Fumi still living with Kyutaro, still doing stuff with them. But um, Kyutaro's family and Fumi have now figured out, oh, um, she has these additional powers, which do allow her to command um, other people and stuff like that. And it seems like some bug handlers have probably been purposefully trying to make her life hell for the past 10 years in order to kind of nurture these qualities so that she'll become like this really evil, nasty person later on. I swear that works out a lot better when you read it than when I say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the manga does, like, reintroduce the whole situation, too, so um, it is not the greatest jumping-in point, obviously, because there are three volumes before this, but I think you could uh, get the gist of what's going on without having read the previous three. Yeah, and like we mentioned in the first half of this podcast, there's this growing sense that Fumi is probably actually Fuyu, Kyutaro's old crush from about 10 years earlier, about when Fumi lost her memory. And Kyutaro is pretty sure of this, and his family is also fairly sure of this by now, and are like, wait, no, if you tell her about this, she'll probably remember whatever she had to forget, and that will probably accelerate her towards becoming evil, so you can never tell her that you and her were each other's first loves. And Kyutaro was like, well, goddammit. <laughs> that was such an obvious set up for conflict not that that was a bad thing but i'm like oh there goes the romantic conflict it's right here so <laughs> oh they like each other that means they're gonna like become a couple right wait nope we've got some more shoujo interference coming around the corner folks <laughs> yeah and the, the the covers even show that like the third volume of qq sweeper was them almost kissing and now this first volume of queen's quality is just Fumi on the front of it with uh, a queen piece from chess and looking very broody yeah, she's looking very intimidating. Yeah. Like, she's contemplating whether or not she should just eviscerate you or not. But yeah, so it is much more the same as QQ Sweeper, just with additional stakes. Like, the bug handlers are still around. We're meeting a couple more of them. The one who's going after Fumi has ethics. And so he won't just use anyone to become a host for bugs. <laughs> and weird. he wants Fumi for the reasons. Wait, what? <laughs> 
like that that dude has ethics after manipulating uh Fumi's friend and all of her friends into Well he says that he don't that he's well there's that one girl he doesn't manipulate and he's like because she has like really good intent and she just wants to be friends with people. He's only gonna you know, manipulate people who are really nasty people right. and all that. So, like, what is he doing? Isn't he a really nasty person? <laughs> I have no idea how his mind works. Like, well, this is a teenage boy. I do not pro- propose to understand teenage boys. Is he teenage? I think so. I mean, he was, he was, in, a, he was in actual high school, right? He wasn't just masquerading as a high schooler, right? I thought he was just masquerading as a high schooler. I thought, I thought, I thought he was a legitimate high schooler. No, I thought he was totally mad. He looks very grown to me. Although it's a manga, so grown is subjective, but he looks like a grown man to me. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this not- dude, then. <laughs> I still do not purport to understand his inner mental workings. Mm, no, that's but true. I do think the story is deliberately setting him up to be more sympathetic, so we might see him uh, split from bug handlers later on. I think that's probably what we're going to see happen. Uh. Her, his sister also said something like, you need someone like her to keep living or something, which made me think that they were really old. Hmm. Oh, oh, oh I thought oh. she meant just, like, feeling alive, you know, getting that rush, you know, from living a good life. I was taking this much more literally, clearly. Oh, she says, you won't be able to extend your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, sh- darn it. He's probably a creepy old man, then. <laughs> <laughs> darn, not another one. <laughs> Yeah, this this first volume of of Queen Sweeper definitely is feels is not if I can get it out is not as episodic as QQ Sweeper. There's definitely like less sweeping and mind jumping. I feel like in this first volume, I feel like there's a lot of focus on the romance. Actually, at least for me, it felt like there was more of a a focus on that and long stares and why can't I tell her and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> yep. And we're starting to learn a little bit more about this larger organization that all the sweepers belong to, but not really enough yet. It felt kind of tossed out there when it came up in QQ Sweeper originally. It's like it's like when they need to introduce a new sweeper, they're like, oh, he's from this other part of the group. Like, that's basically mm. all they've been using it so far for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't actually met any other sweepers besides the ones in the family, have we? Until now. Well, there's that. I mean, there's that one guy who comes and then, like, messes around with Fumi's mind, but it was all a test and that, remember? <laughs> that was such, like, a boundary cross. Like, really? That was, like, nuts. I really oh. thought that that was... He just comes and, like, makes her upset, and he's like, oh, I should joke it. Like, really? <laughs> he was a jackass. That is not how you should be, like, a good shoujo character. Yeah, that was a little... <laughs> Though he almost, like, burned himself. Well, was made to burn himself, so that's all right. Uh, that uh, Umi can get pretty uh, aggressive when she when she has that sort of queen personality. She uh, she's not kidding around when, when that comes up. Yeah. Uh, there's the teacher at the towards the end of this first volume, and uh, um, she almost lost her eyes. <laughs> so she's not she's not kidding. Jesus, I was reading that whole situation. <laughs> I'm like, this is not the manga that I was reading. Yeah. <laughs> Just one volume ago. Yeah. When you say a tonal shift, uh... <laughs> although you do have to sympathize for Fumi every time she gets mad at somebody, it's because someone's like, "Look, I just scrolled into your house and set this rose bush on fire." That's really emotionally <laughs> important to some other characters in your life. Or, or like, look, really here's a teacher who's emotionally camera. manipulating some other girl and an abuse of powers. Like, I, I at least understand she's got legitimate reasons for getting pissed. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she that teacher smacked her with that camera, so that that was grounds for just about anything. I mean, not expect. Although Kutaro's family is pretty saintly and being like, "Okay, we forgive you. We understand that was not actually her intention here," which is good, but it's they do feel a little saintly. <laughs> yeah, they're very nice people, but that's like as far as it. That's like all I can really say about them as characters that they're very nice, and every time Fumi gets herself in a story, like, oh. No, and that's fine. I mean, like you said, they're they're fine, but that's really as far as you can as all that you can say about their characters in general. Which maybe that's just the role that they play throughout the series. Yeah, they haven't gotten much besides you know that or play some sort of utilitarian plot role. Yeah, Mm -hmm. putting people through possibly unethical medical procedures and turning into an owl. So yeah, fine. (laughs) Excellent. I forgot about that owl thing. I want to know, why is she the one who turns into an owl? Like, why doesn't everyone else do this instead of, like, running into the, um, that mental world, whatever they called it? Like, why is she the only one who does this? <laughs> I think the owl could have just been a talking owl and not her, and it would have been fine. I just, I don't know, it's strange. <laughs> it's like, occasionally, I feel like the story just does not think it's world building through. It just kind of adds in details when it needs to. That's that's what it feels. That's fair. That's very fair. That's what that's what it feels like, honestly. And somehow for me, at least it works, but it definitely feels like, oh, hey, we forgot about this thing. And what about this? And what about this? And it sort of all gels together for me and I enjoy it. But yeah, it definitely feels like, oh, we could turn her into an owl. And I'm like, all right, OK. <laughs> and then they did. <laughs> yeah, and then they did. Yeah, because that's one of the reasons why the um third volume of QQ Sweeper doesn't feel like an end to a series. Like, this is literally, I think, the first time we've heard the word queen being thrown around or seen any notion of Fumi's abilities, and so that's parts of why it feels like such a double whammy. Like, they literally are inter- introducing new thought-shaking details at the 11th hour, and the story continues yeah, to do that, and so this is why I'm yeah. kind of okay with it being more of a romance, because then I don't need to worry about whatever the heck the plot's going at its next. I can just be concerned with Fumi and Kutaro eventually making out. <laughs> Yeah, QQ uh, Sweeper did feel like the end of a season or something. They've mm. explored who these sweepers are and stuff, and they've laid the groundwork for a bunch of uh, greater character development, so now there's this future thing going on of Fumi being a queen and ordering people to stab their eyeballs out. <laughs> yeah, and Queen's quality is still ongoing in Japan. Like, um, Volume 2 just dropped in the U.S., today which is why we're only talking about volume one on this podcast um mm. but yeah i don't know how much longer it's going to go on because i feel like the story still has a lot of explaining to do yeah how long are the like zengeki Daisy and the other one beastmaster was two i think and i have actually read that one but i remember it being two and then dengeki was 16 so somewhere between two and 16 is where we'll land <laughs> oh we're already <laughs> past two so uh, i don't know i could see this maybe being a a four to a six. I can't see it going super, super, super long. But then again, there are those. There have been references to other gates, other sweepers. There was a random reference to like some illness. So I, there's no telling where this one's going. So oh, and, and occasionally, apparently, Denki Daisy characters pop up as cameos in the background. Yeah, I totally missed that. I saw that in the um, in the afterward. I guess at the end, I totally I missed it. Corey, you just need to read more shoujo manga, and then you can pick up on all these obscure references. I mean, I do. <laughs> I've read some of these ones that are ads in the back of it. 
<laughs> that rag, honey blood. That was kind of not great. <laughs> honey blood, a title we will not be discussing in this podcast. <laughs> okay. Do you guys have any closing thoughts on this one? I feel like I've run out of things to say by now. Yeah, so we covered a lot of things on the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and not only that, but we had, you know, three for the first half and one for the second. Um, but closing thoughts, um, for this particular half. What case, there's a lot going on, I felt like, in this first volume. So I definitely want to see where it goes. I definitely want to pick up the second one, which I will actually probably do this weekend now that I know that it's out. Um, but it is entertaining. I like the romance. Um, like Helen said, the world building could be better, but Dengeki Daisy is similar, so I don't anticipate it getting any better, and that's part of its charm. Um, but I would recommend it to folks. I'll, I'll keep up with it. I'll keep reading. Yep, I agree. I really like these first three volumes of QQ's Paper. I really recommend for this podcast. Um, and then Queen's Quality is just like a huge 180 turn, uh, but it's still really good, and I think it's getting to uh, some meat of what the heck a queen is. Queen's quality needs more sweeping. Yeah. <laughs> this is about the queen now. They already did the sweeping, Helen. No, they could do more sweeping still. More places need what to if, be cleaned up. What if they just totally knock that part of the story out now? Like, they never have an episodic sweeping. An episodic sweeping. But <laughs> what if they never have that again? I feel very lied to. Yeah. I like those. <laughs> they were intense. And I think that's the show then, guys. Uh, where can we find you guys on the internet? Check I over. guess I should go. Okay. <laughs> no, well, one of y'all needs to go because I can't say that and then introduce myself. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Mangio Ren. I'm mostly there. Um, I edit um, mostly Helen stuff, some of Justin's stuff on the organization for antisocial geniuses. You can find us online as well. And I'm on Twitter at Impassionate K. Uh, I do another podcast called the Taiku Podcast that does sports anime most of the time. Uh, and I'm also writing manga sometimes at the Fangy Post, finding my review of Queen's Quality soon. Yeah, he says most of the time, but yeah, for some reason he's dragging me onto Taiku Podcast again soon to talk about MMO Junkie. Look, it's <laughs> the two-car episode that happens to have MMO Junkie in it. <laughs> yeah, except I'm not going to be around for the two-car part. <laughs> no, it's just me torturing Ink. I, no, I thought it was Ink torturing you there. Yeah, well, it is this time, but usually it's me torturing Ink. <laughs> But aside from my very occasional appearances on the Taiku podcast, you can also find me on the podcast for the OASG at, um, I can't believe it's not, my, it's my fault that this podcast is not popular. Justin, why did you have to make such a long title? And you can also find me <laughs> reviewing, uh, manga and light novels on the OASG. And in theory, I will be doing the 12 days of anti-blogging on my own blog, Narrative Investigations. Um, I think some people are going to be very mad at my posts. Are you doing the anime secret Santa? No, I'm not. I do not have time for that. Oh. Chris and I will on the Taiku podcast. Nope, I'm just making lists of things like seven anime that disappointed me this year. That sounds good. <laughs> would read. <laughs> I would read it also. Okay, we'll see you guys in approximately two weeks. The holidays tend to play havoc with everybody's schedules, but hopefully you will hear for us before Christmas again. Yep. See you later. Bye. Hi, you guys. Goodbye.
taking me. I'm about to change your life. And by all means, lead the way. Corey, you know you do a very specific sigh when you're about to wrap up, right? <laughs> you do? No. I don't know. <laughs> There's like That's a little a particular point. sigh that you do right when I know you're about to wrap up. It is. And I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, I just had my hammocks. I can't. <laughs> can't do anything about that. Now Corey's going to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> just listen for it when you're editing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it or we're not going to know when to stop. <laughs> 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 yeah, April and I have totally been using that as a cue. <laughs> Two weeks later in the living room stressing. My father's stone faced while you're asking for his blessing. I'm dying inside as you whine and dine. And I'm trying not to cry because there's nothing that your mind can't do. My father makes his way across the room to you. I panic for a second thinking we're through. But then he shakes your hand and says, be true. And you turn back to me. age gap romance in the Senate. Yeah. Oh, we haven't had the election yet, Corey. <laughs>